small fringe minority. Got a breaker one nine. This here's a rubber duck. You got a copy on me, Big Ben? Come on. Of people who are on their way to Ottawa or who are uh, holding unacceptable uh, views uh, that they're expressing. Definitely got the front door, good buddy. Mercy sakes alive. Looks like we've got us a convoy. Was the dark of the moon on the 6th of June in a Kenworth pulling logs? Cab over Pete with a reefer on and a Jimmy hauling hogs. We is heading for Bear on I 10 about a mile out of Shaky Town. I says, Pig Pen, this here's a rubber duck, and I'm about to put the hammer down. By the time we got into Tulsa town, we had 85 trucks in all. But there's a roadblock up on the clover leaf, and them bears was wall to wall. Yeah, them smokies as thick as bugs on a bumper. They even had a bear in the air. I says, calling all trucks, this here's the duck. We about to go a hunting bear. Interstate 44, like a rocket sled on rails. We tore up all of our swindle sheets and left them setting on the scales. By the time we hit that shy town, them bears was getting smart. They'd brought up some reinforcements from the Illinois National Guard. There's armored cars, tanks, jeeps, and rigs of every size. Yeah, them chicken coops was full of bears, and choppers filled the skies. Well, we shot the line, we went for broke, with a thousand screaming trucks, and eleven long-haired friends of Jesus in a chartreuse microbus. Yeah, rubber duck just sodbuster, come on there, you have ten-four sodbuster, listen, you want to put that microbus in behind that suicide jockey? Yeah, he's hauling dynamite, and he needs all the help he can get. Well, we laid a strip for the Jersey Shore and prepared to cross the line. I could see the bridge was lined with bears, but it didn't have a doggone dime. I says, Pigpen, this here's a rubber duck. We just ain't going to pay no toll. So we crashed the gate doing 98. I says, let them truckers roll 10-4.
Well, hello, Patriots, Freedom Fighters, throughout Saskatchewan, across the country, and around the world. So you can't do a 2022 year-end review and Merry Christmas without, of course, talking about how 2022 started with a with a massive convoy. Um, it's still watching that footage. It chokes me up. Uh, what a thing. Amazing um, event. And I still... Uh, of course, as everybody knows, I was in no shape to go anywhere at that point, but I still, <laughs> it still drives me crazy that I couldn't have been there. Uh, I'm pretty sure I would have ended up in jail, but, um, and and in no shape to do any of that stuff. So, it I still, it drives me insane that I wasn't part of that. Uh, although I was, uh the Colossians took this on their truck and this on their truck. So I was there, I, you know, so to speak. But yeah, what a thing. It's, uh, it's amazing. So we wanted, I talked to Salim earlier today and we talked about it and we thought, you know what, tonight might be a good day just to do a bit of a 2022 wrap up year end in review and talk about a few things. And uh, I just put a bow on this year because it probably we won't probably be able to go live until uh, a little bit into the new year. Um, of course, everyone's busy with family and that sort of thing. So, a uh, Merry Christmas to everybody who's watching. Right now, we're streaming to YouTube, uh, Twitch, DLive, Rumble, Odyssey, and Liberty. Um, So, of course, Facebook, I'm still banned. I'm still suspended. I got 19 more days in, in, uh, in the joint uh, over there. So, whatever is what it is. I'm also uh, live streaming to TikTok. So, hello, TikTok. Uh, yeah. So, um, the last time we streamed to Rumble, we actually did pretty good. Um so that could be one of the go-tos from here on in. Anyways, without further ado, let's bring in my good friend, Salim Mansour. How are you, Salim? Uh, hello, Mark. Merry Christmas to you and Merry yes. Christmas to all our friends in Canada, in Saskatchewan and around the world, whoever is tuning in. 100%, absolutely, yes. It's great to be with you, Mark. Yeah, it's good to see you, my friend. And... Uh, I guess you know a couple of days till the till the big day, um, and then you know obviously we'll be spending a lot of time with our families and and maybe we can reconvene early into the new year. Absolutely, absolutely. We need to take a break that everyone and spend time with the family. We never know what is going yes. to come next. Yes, hundred <laughs> percent. Isn't that the truth? I was I was watching. Is there a is there an echo of mine coming through? Sounds good on my end. Okay. Uh, I don't know why. I think there is an echo on my end, but I don't know why. Okay. Yeah, over here seems good. So I was watching um, the the convoy, and you know it sends goosebumps uh, every time one sees that. I'm so 
you know, feel so regretful that I was not able to go up there. I was not well. Some of my students were calling me to accompany them, and I, I took a sort of a rain check, and uh, I thought that it will be there for some more days, and I might be able to get up there. But I wasn't able to get up there, and I regret it very much. But I saw a Justice Center for Constitution, you know, the JCCF Center in Calgary. Um, they made a fantastic documentary that they produce of the convoy uh, and it is available uh, on the Justice Center. And I saw that when uh, uh, early this year, I think it was in midsummer, that uh, the, the award ceremony for Tamara Leash, uh, which was held in Toronto, the George Leonard Freedom Award, and I was there at that uh, in Toronto, and they, on a big screen, they played the documentary, and of course, Tamara was at the center of it, and it was so fantastic. It is, it was a, a shining moment in our Canadian history of people coming together. 100%. And actually, just thinking about it gives me chills and chokes me up a little bit. Because it's exactly what's necessary, that unity, that sense of unity that's that's necessary for us to, you know, to take back what, what we all claim to cherish. So, uh, and it's interesting, you know, when I think about the convoy, I, I, I have to think about for, you know, a lot of years in this arena, I've seen a lot of people trying to force unity and force, you know, all of this... Uh, across the country but in actual fact i i don't think we need to force that unity i think as we saw with the convoy when when it happens it will just happen and, and it'll be it'll be organic and it'll be natural and it'll just it'll just be what it is and and we've shown the world that we're more than capable of coming together and uni and uniting unifying uh, you know, under under one event or or, or one uh, occasion uh, for a, for a purpose and for a cause. So we've already proven that, I think. And so this idea that we have to keep, you know, forcing this unity uh, is something you know I don't think we have to do. I think it's it's there, but within the freedom movement, so many of us are about individual freedom and liberty and and so we have to embrace that and, and and in that everybody has their own ideas and their own thoughts and their own solutions and and we have to allow for that and we have to accept that that that's the case because that's who we are that's what we're fighting for and so we have to let that happen and and again um we're on different paths we're moving in the same direction maybe on different paths, but at some point, there will be something that brings those paths together and, and unifies us, just like the convoy did, where everybody in the freedom movement was behind the convoy. And so uh, it's just one of those things, and, and I think we have to understand that and accept that. Absolutely, my friend, and it was inspirational. It was inspirational uh, for Canadians, uh, who rallied together 
and it inspired the world because you know we again set the mark it was it was picked up in america the americans had the uh, freedom convoy uh, headed to washington after they saw what uh, Canadians did from coast to coast to coast, um, and it spread. It went into Europe. Yeah. It went into all the way to Australia, uh, South so America. It, yeah, South America. It it was it was something again that we can talk about in this year that we Canadians, uh, common people, grandparents, parents, and children, holding hands came together mm. at uh, a call that was made by, again, the very epitome of a Canadian who seeks and lives and wants to be a free person, a grandmother, a native, a beautiful, beautiful woman, Tamara Leash. And then we saw what happened in Ottawa. Yeah. It was a... It was a in a, in a sense, before the crackdown, <clears throat> we were all watching, those of us who were not in Ottawa and who had friends in Ottawa and, and they were calling us and we were watching uh, in real time that it was a joyous moment despite two years of COVID lockdown, mask mandate, vaccine mandate. People who came there, they came with joy that they can make a difference uh, and 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 they went to their nation's capital they didn't go somewhere else some other town you know having a gathering say in moose jaw saskatchewan or in thunder bay ontario it was the capital of the nation of the federation and who does that capital belong to it belonged to the canadian people it doesn't belong. It doesn't belong to the elite. It doesn't belong to the oligarchs. It doesn't belong to the people sitting in the parliament because the people sitting in the parliament are the representative. In other words, they are the servants of the people who sent them there. They are not the owners. They are not the bosses. And 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 there were children playing ice hockey and and people singing songs and guitar and music. I saw, uh, for instance, the Sikh Canadian, the people with turban who came all the way from BC and Alberta and Interior because uh, the Sikh community in Canada, uh, the Indo-Canadian Sikh community, um, they are very much involved in the transportation business, in the truckers. And, and they set up uh, in Ottawa, near the parliament, what is called a langar. A langar means an open kitchen where anyone can walk in and help themselves to food, you know. And they kept that open kitchen open throughout the time that the convoy was there. Our Sikh brothers and sisters were keeping that thing for anyone to come in. That, that was the spirit, a spirit of sharing, of brotherhood and sisterhood, of celebrating what we everyone in Ottawa and every one of us across the country know that we have basically lost our freedom in this period of COVID lockdown, mass mandate and vaccine mandate. And, and, and we were there, that is the people were there to basically 
gives that message to the parliament and the rest is then something to talk about what did the parliament do what did this government do there was not a single politician among the 338 members of the parliament who came out to support and stand with the truckers except for brian peckford the last standing prime, uh, premier in Canada that signed the Charter of Rights and Freedom as the premier of Newfoundland. He was there, and of course, Maxime Bernier was there. There was not a single premier across from Canada or in Quebec, not a single member of the 338 member parliament came out to stand with and shake hands and 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 just embrace the people who had come there in the cold right. from across the country 100% and one of the other things i think that we we have to acknowledge and recognize is 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 the moment when i think a large amount of the canadian population finally realized and understood that the media is lying that the media comes up with these narratives and and uh, this perception and this propaganda that they put out where people could clearly see they watch the news and then they watch somebody's live stream from Ottawa and they can the complete opposite of what the media was saying and, and 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 I think it was really a huge opportunity to show what the media really is and how full of shit they really are. And and I I think it was just such a great moment in that regard because so I think a lot of people woke up to and, and even people in the media, I, I can think of one that I know personally. Uh, her name is Heather Prosak, and she was, you know, part of the mainstream media. She still kind of is, I think. But she actually took a, a trip to Ottawa because she wanted to see for herself what was happening on the ground. And and she was completely uh, shocked at how much love and peace and, and just freedom that the people there wanted. And, and it really shook her to the core in, a, in an industry that she's part of and expected to carry on with the lie. She actually lost her job because of the footage that she showed on her Facebook. And 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 so I think it inspired a lot of people like that to, you know what, the truth actually matters. The truth has to matter. That's everything falls from the truth. And, and it, it's so important that, that so many people were live streaming and acting as the media in replacement of the mainstream who refused to do their job, right? So I think that that's an important element to all of this. Oh, absolutely. Um, from London, um, one of our former students, and who is now, in a sense, a friend, uh, Andrew Lawton, uh, he was there. He, that is the true north uh, media. Uh, again, you know, uh, pr a private alternative media. And um, Andrew then subsequently wrote the book on the Freedom Convoy movement. Uh, and it's published and it's available. And it's a wonderful account uh, of what was it? About three and a half weeks of uh, people in uh, Ottawa. Uh, and, and Andrew documents almost every day and events that were happening. Um, 
I don't have the book right on me at this moment, uh, but people can check it out, you know, mm. Google it, Andrew Lawton. And I would recommend if people want to put out a few bucks for the Christmas, buy it as a present for the family, and it will also help Andrew. Yes, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard. I haven't had a chance to read it myself, but but I hear that it's, uh, it's, a, it's a pretty good account. There's actually a website out there that uh, one of my friends has put together or helped put together. Uh, I think it's called convoylive.com, and it basically it shows all of the video footage that was that was mm-hmm. garnered through the whole time that that the convoy was in Ottawa, and uh, so that's an important piece to this puzzle as well. And it's it's all there for everybody to see, and that's the beauty of it. And so then, then, then what was the reaction? I mean, the prime minister and and the parliament they voted for an emergencies act. Right. They brought the hammer down. They, they pulled the martial law. Uh, you know, before it, the name was changed to emergencies act, it was called the war measures act, as if the Canadian people had gone to war. People have gone there to engage with their representative, and it was if there was even a smidgen of conscience mm. in, in the hearts and minds of the 338 members of the parliament, then they would have individually or in company of each other, they would have come out and met the yes. people. Yes. They would have spoken with them. They would have yes. heard from them. Right. But that was not what they did. They sat and they brought down the hammer Mm-hmm. On, on the people of Canada. Yeah, 100%. Um, and, and that's the thing about, you know, Trudeau likes to claim democracy and fighting for democracy, which is just a, a, an enormous load of, you know, horse manure. <clears throat> the actual fact is when the people have grievances, you go and you protest. You, you go to Ottawa. You go to the epicenter. You go to where these people are supposed to represent our best interests, and you air those grievances through protesting. This is why it's protected uh, in our in our charter, in our constitution, in our bill of rights. This is why these things are are protected, so we can air grievances. Because when the people don't have a voice, when the people are not represented, that's when things turn very ugly, as we've seen in many other countries around the world where democracy and freedom isn't the foundation and it has to be the foundation it has to be the place where we can air our grievances we can protest what the government is doing and and hope that they listen and of course our government doesn't listen well more than that what happened was in as I look back upon it this year and the event that we're talking about, uh, which happened right at the outset of the of the year, 2022, is that the Freedom Convoy, ironically, pulled the curtain on our country and they reveal to the rest of the people and to the world Yes. What a sham of a democracy we have become. Yes. What a sham of a constitution yes. we have made. Not yes. the people, but the people who think they own this country and they're running this country, you know, the, the ruling class. Because 
we the people the crockers who represents we the people they were asserting and affirming their rights as free people which is protected at least theoretically until that moment by our constitution and then the curtain came was open that all of these are cosmetic these are only you know something that our better they think they are our better that is the elite uh, the 338 in ottawa the 100 senators in ottawa the governor general in ottawa and then the premiers across the provinces 100%. and the legislatures across the provinces so they are the elite they own this country and they demonstrated that by sending the police the mounted police the hired police out into a people who were unarmed and 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 with their children and grandparents and grandmothers and grandfathers and they rode their horses the mounted police rode their horses into the midst of men and women and children and as uh, the cameras caught the pictures trampling upon disabled people yes. men and women so this is what the government of canada did and in doing this they pull the mask that we are a country we keep talking about china way we talk talking about totalitarian government and so on and so forth well we talk about them but we have made our country into a basically saying you know and and this is where we are arrived this is the message of 2022 and again uh, i think but i think it's an important in, in all of this big picture and in the process i think it's in an extremely important that the spotlight has been put on to our constitution and and yes. what a sham it is when the people we've elected don't have the courage to defend exactly those values and and those rights and those freedoms and and and, and in so much even when it extends to the provinces as well i mean i'm still fighting all of my 11 tickets that i received for gathering outside which is protected under my under the charter and the bill of rights and and yet there's a section in the constitution that compels the government to demonstrably justify the measures that they've put in place and not one government provincially or federally has actually lived up to that obligation not one not one has demonstrably justified the measures like like restricting gathering outside because they don't have the evidence but nobody is holding them accountable there's no the constitution is only as good as the people who are representing it and and defending it and that's us that's not the government the government's taking advantage of it well i mean at the end of the day what you're saying and i we have talked about this you know and maybe in 2023 if god give us life we will talk about it because the question of reform of canada comes up and yes, back to the constitution and back to the federation but in in purely you know in terms of political philosophy and legal philosophy uh, 
A constitution is the handcuff, not of the people, but of the government, what they cannot do and what they cannot do. You know, they can only do what the constitution permits them to do. Everything else is open for us, the people to do. You know, whether we have a barbecue, whether we, you know, get into a trucker convoy and go to Ottawa, we play volleyball, whatever we want to do, we are free to do. That's a God-given right. But there is no God-given right to the government. The right of the government or what they can do comes from the Constitution. And therefore, what they cannot do is also written in the Constitution. However, we now see that our Constitution is a fake, is a complete fake. We have talked about that. We'll talk about it more, that when we talk about our Charter of Rights and you have Section 1, the Limitation Clause, and Section 33, the Notwithstanding Clause, as the bracket, then nothing in between makes sense. Right. And, and, and those we have to discuss. But coming back to what was expected, if we were truly a model of a democracy, which our previous prime ministers have talked about, which we as Canadians have upheld with pride that Canada is one of the freest country in the world, that we should be the model for the rest of the world. You know, uh, Prime Minister Jean Chrétien would always keep mentioning that, you know, in the UN, Canada is number one or Canada is number two, you know, that we are the model, you know. So as a model free society, based upon constitution what should have happened if just for an argument's sake if you were the prime minister in ottawa if i was the prime minister of ottawa and ten thousand truckers came or whatever the number was you know to make a point i would be right out there with them sitting down with them in front of the eternal fire and talking to them and then inviting their leadership to come in Mm. to a designated place where we can sit and talk and hear each other out and then make our agreement peacefully, shake hand, embrace each other. And the truckers would have gone home and the prime minister and the cabinet and the parliament would then be living up to their promises made. You know, that is what a democracy is all about. And there was not a single member in this parliament and in the legislatures and in the premiers, except for Brian Peckford and and Maxime Bernier. Mm -hmm. There was not one single elected member that demonstrated what is the meaning of freedom and a constitutional society. And these are the people, these are the people that the Canadians are electing to send them to Ottawa. So ultimately, if I may just conclude this remark, ultimately, we, the people, are responsible for the failure of our country's democracy. Yeah, 100%. And so not only the people that were in Ottawa, but the people that were there in Ottawa making the stand represented hundreds of thousands of Canadians across the country, right, That, that couldn't be there for whatever reason. And, and so they were representative of, of, a, of a very large number of people exactly. across this country that for years 
at least two and a half years were unrepresented, completely unrepresented, which is what spawned this whole movement in the first place. No one people that, that were not yeah. represented. They yeah. just and and so that's what you do when you're not represented. You protest and you stand up and you say, "Hey, what about me? What about us?" Yeah, absolutely. So this was a moment that an initiative an initiative came from Tamara Leash whose family is in the trucking business and and she called out and asked if people would come and she was surprised with the response yeah. the response was like the waterfall niagara people came like a niagara fall and and and, the, and it was all done spontaneously and there was no violence there was no abuse there was nothing you know and now in the hearings that took place recently in Ottawa, um, there were clear evidence that the pretext this convoy gave the prime minister and the government the pretext to bring down the hammer when the government was being advised by their own uh, uh, police force, uh, the RCMP, the CSIS, that there is nothing threatening in this convoy. There is no violence in this convoy. There was no evidence. In fact, it was evidence planted by the government. That is a guy running around with a swastika and so on and so forth. This was this had nothing to do with the people who had come to Ottawa. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. So so it was an exposure. I think. I hope that as a result of the exposure of the utter shamelessness, cowardice, and lack of respect for the people of Canada, that Canadians will, when the next opportunity comes, fire the whole lot of them. That's the challenge that we hope happens. It, it was it was Bill Buckley, Bill Buckley, the, those people who will remember him, the American. He died about uh, a decade ago. Uh, Bill Buckley is a famous uh, writer, thinker, and so on, uh, journalist who is the founder, was the founder of National Review, the, the, the conservative magazine. He was very, very big and important player in the conservative movement in, in America, uh, and especially during the Reagan years, that's 40 plus years ago. Mm. It's a very famous remark of Bill Buckley. Bill Buckley came from a very distinguished uh, Connecticut Catholic family. Um, his brother, James Buckley, I think became a senator, uh, if I remember correctly, or he ran for the mayor of New York. No, I think it was Bill Buckley who ran for the mayor of New York and his brother was a senator. Um, very well-published writer and, of course, famous for his National Review. He is, one of his most famous remarks was that he would pick up 2,000 names from the telephone book in Boston rather than anyone from Harvard 
to go represent uh, him and the people in the Congress in the United States. Right. The point he was making is absolutely valid um, that our truckers, uh, which mean we the people, will be the best representative for the we the people, mm. not the people that we send to Ottawa. Yeah, absolutely. So, again, um, we can't talk about 2022 without, of course, talking a, a little bit in depth about the convoy. Obviously, it's an extremely important event. Mm -hmm. But there's some other things that happened in 2022, and I think it's a, I think it's a big year. In, in when we look back, maybe in, in in 20 years, we look back and think maybe 2022 was the year that started the awakening. That that people started to wake up to what's what's happening and and again you know COVID and everything that happened along with that has allowed a lot of us to gain more credibility we're not necessarily the conspiracy theorist anymore uh, than as we are conspiracy realists and 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 factualists and and so it, it's been a it's been a big year for for the movement and 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 more and more people waking up and more and more people seeming to want the truth as opposed to you know the media narrative as opposed to the political narratives that are are, are contrived so um i think it was a big year and of course we have <coughs> we have the ukraine and 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 that starting around the same time as the convoy was happening um which has also opened some eyes i think to what's going on in the world yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, February was the uh, in Canada on, on the domestic side. It was a huge, huge, uh, important event. That is the trucker convoy, freedom convoy movement, and what happened after that, uh, the exposure, that the emergency act, and so on. But it was also February when um, <clears throat> uh, the war in Ukraine. Uh, began with the special military operation that uh, Putin uh, uh, was forced to, in a sense, take to defend the people in the Donbass region. And so that that is a uh, background. I mean, we don't have the time possibly tonight to get into it. But that was the uh, month which had began uh, and and the world slowly, by now, 10 months later, 11 months later, is woken up. Uh, the world, apart from Canada, apart from the West, uh, yeah, has woken up to the reality of what has happened to the Western powers, you know. Um, and and this is going to have profound, profound consequences. We have been talking about that. But let's connect for a moment, um, the the Freedom Convoy, uh, the Emergencies Act, and then within a couple of weeks later, it was on March 15th that Zelensky, who was in Washington yesterday, uh, Zelensky addressed the House of Commons on a on a video. Um, uh, and 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 the address was about. Um, the attack, the aggression by uh, Russia, by Putin, and that Zelensky is the leader 
uh, of a democratic Ukraine, trying to defend the sovereignty and, and, and so on, and demanding, asking and demanding from the Canadian to the parliament that um, Canada uh, needs to come forward and support uh, the struggle that Zelensky and Ukrainians are in the midst of uh, against Putin, the bad guy, the tyrant, and so on and so forth. And then after Zelensky spoke, 338 members of the parliament led by the prime minister gave him a standing ovation. Right. Mind you, this is happening only about two weeks after the Emergencies Act was uh, uh, had been put up, uh, brought out and, and people had been hammered down by this same prime minister and the same people in Ottawa who stood up clapping and giving a standing ovation to Zelensky uh, as the great democratic leader and, you know, uh, fighting for the sovereignty and the defense of um, um, uh, 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 Ukraine against a tyrant who has attacked it. And then each of the leader of the party spoke, mm. uh, Mr. Uh, Trudeau, then uh, um, the temporary leader of the Conservative Party, Candace Bergen, um, the third party, Jagmeet Singh, uh, Bloc Quebecois leader, uh, Blanchet, and um, the Green Party leader, uh, Elizabeth May. And all of them, it was like maple syrup flowing, uh, you know, accolade and, and how inspiring Zelensky is and how he's defending democracy and, and so on and so forth. And not for a moment, Mark, not for a moment did they have even the sense in their own mind of their own hypocrisy of what they had done just two weeks before in crushing the freedom movement in Canada and talking about in, you know, bending backward about Zelensky and Pierre Polyev in his remark, which he sent out in a, in a tweet later on, right. said that uh, Justin Trudeau has not done enough. When he is the prime minister, he will do even more. You know, uh, what is more, send more money, send whatever is needed, etc., etc., etc. And there was no, no sense, no, no understanding, no willingness, and no media that here is Ukraine. Here is a man who has crushed any dissent inside Ukraine. He has crushed the political parties, you know. Yep. That this is a country that is being run by the Nazis. Mm. Their army carries Nazi banner, you know, openly. This is a Nazi society. The Ukrainian Nazis are in power. And my thought was, as I saw that, I was thinking, my God, the ghost of Mackenzie King, John Diefenbaker, Louis Saint Laurent, Lester Pearson, all our previous prime ministers during the Second World War and, and cabinet ministers during the Second, they must be spinning in their grave. Right. That here is the Parliament of Canada standing up and saluting a leader of a country 
who is a leader of a Nazi movement, and 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 they, and our uh, uh, parents and grandparents had gone out to fight the Nazis in the Second World War. And and and, through, and, and, and and yet through all of this, Salim, and, and just for some perspective, <laughs> through all of this, during the convoy, they're labeling us Nazis. They're labeling us racist and misogynist as as they're fully in support of actual Nazis in the Ukraine. It's it's just the the hypocrisy the 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 uh, the narrative that comes out of the the, the government and, and the establishment in and of itself is it it's it, it's it borders on insanity it, it truly does I, it, I, it's just amazing to me yeah and the most bizarre thing and and uh, I talked about this with uh, Maxime the other day the most bizarre thing was Blanchet standing up you know this is the leader of the block party representing they don't even the block party does not uh it's not a national party they do not run candidates outside of quebec right. so it's a party only for quebec people uh french canadian and its members are only from quebec and yet mr blanchet stands up and he's saluting Zelensky of how great a Democrat is and how much he represents, you know, the values of Canada, of Canadian, that is of Quebec. And the utter, utter hypocrisy that Blanchet and the Quebec movement, separatist movement, from Parti Quebecois to Bloc Quebecois, their entire objective is ultimately to break away from Canada, which is which will depend upon the Quebec people through the referendum. But that is their, their uh, ultimate objective. But in the meantime, the, the entire rationale for their existence and for their politics is that they are defending the right of the Quebec people, their culture, their language, as a minority people in Canada. And and what they're defending is the linguistic rights of the Quebec people, the cultural rights of the Quebec people. And so that's what they are there in Ottawa, to protect Quebec from whom? From the rest of Canada. But that if the rest of Canada attacks Quebec in some manner, that they are going to protect the uh, minority rights of the Quebec people who are French-speaking, majority of them are Catholic and so on. So why is he saluting Zelensky and Kiev? Because they are the people, the majority people of Ukraine, who have been attacking the ethnic minority in the Donbass region. You know, isn't that the direct connection? Kiev has been bombing and bombarding the ethnic Russian people, Orthodox in terms of their religion, have broken up the Minsk Accord 1 and 2, which is what led to the special military operation. And Mr. Blanchett has no conscience. No, no understanding. But, but again, I, I think I think it goes back to 
you know, the media, of course, is very effective in establishing their narrative and their propaganda. And, and so I would say at that time, and, and maybe even still now, uh, the, the majority of Canadians are believing what they're being told and fed by the media. And then, of course, our politicians don't have the courage or the integrity or the morality to actually stand up and tell the people what, in fact, is actually the truth yeah. Yeah. and what's really happening. Because it's too politically risky for them to do that. They've sold out. They're corrupt in and of themselves. They're all corrupt. And that's why they won't come to the fore and lead from the front like a Maxine Bernier does. And and because they just can't. It's too politically risky for them to say what's right, what's the truth, and, and what's, you know... But but ultimately, that is the quality of a person. Yes. Uh, who the Canadians sending to represent yes. them in the parliament? 100%. Because are you sending, and this is my question to my Canadian brothers and sisters, are you sending a stenographer, a stenographer to the parliament who is only going to read from a script that is yes. given to him by the globalists? Exactly. Because that's what you are sending to parliament. You are not sending independent thinking people who have not only the capacity to think on their feet, but who have done their homework, who have done their due diligence, who understand the history of Canada, who understand what is happening in the world, and who is there to defend you who have sent him over there. Yes. Not, here, to here. Defend, not to defend Klaus Schwab or Zelensky or anybody else. 100%. Yes. And, and, and here, was a, here was a charade. I mean, Blanchet was the worst of the worst charade. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what Bloc Quebecois is. They're milking the taxpayers of Canada while mm -hmm. they are abusing the Canadian people. Because yes. the existence of Bloc means that we Canadian people, the majority, the rest of Canada, are similar to the Ukrainian people that we are going to attack Quebec. But we are the people who have protected Quebec. We have not made any, no any noise about Quebec, what Quebec has done. And that again goes to show that in the last 50 years, we, the rest of Canada, have become a doormat because we are not standing up for our own values. Well, well, Quebec does whatever it wants to do, you know, whether it is shutting down the pipeline, whether it is on climate change, whether it is on globalist agenda. And here it is in Canada, we are officially a bilingual country, French and English. But when you cross into Quebec border and go into Quebec, there is no English. It is a unilingual country based on Bill 101. And nobody says anything. But in, 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 in Ukraine, Zelensky is the one who is shutting down the churches, who is shutting down the language rights of the minority Sh people. Shutting down opposing media, <laughs> not even right. any opposing political parties. And, <laughs> and this and, is democracy. <laughs> yeah, and, and just... I mean, I would have expected that somebody, at least in Bloc Quebecois, would have the integrity to stand up and say, Mr. Zelensky, how dare you do not respect the minority rights of the Russian-speaking people in Ukraine? Right. Which is what we do in Canada right. or in right. Quebec. Right. Mm. Great so, point. Great point. This, this was a total exposure. 
and of course we don't have a free media because your voice and my voice and what we are talking about let this be discussed openly if i am wrong mm. then let me be challenged you know right. on a factual basis yes i'm not hiding i'm saying it openly 100% 100% so yes i mean the ukraine war is a disaster for uh the ukrainian people they are being you know taken Used. uh in a huge manner they are being sacrificed for the globalist agenda 100% absolutely so, so with the covid coming down coming down in, in the sense of the vaccine mandate the mass mandate the lock uh, lockdown mandate all being slowly gradually being ended mm. not in canada completely but at least in most of the countries including the united states being ended the world economic forum and the collective west nato and the eu what did they do to punish their own people they started the ukraine war at the, at the end of the day the ukraine war is a physical disaster for ukraine mm. but it is also a disaster for the european people and for us yes in terms of the again, world economic again, from again all by all by design all by design <clears throat> right they they knew all of the consequences to what them creating this war would have for the rest of us and it's all so it's all by design it's all you know very well orchestrated and calculated right so we are seeing i mean yesterday i mean in 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 the, in the congress uh it was a honeymoon going on between uh zelensky and the democratic party including yeah. the republican party and um 44 45 billion dollar more was given to zelensky and many more will be coming already uh, ukraine has been given a hundred and something like 20 billion dollar uh, if you add up everything between uh, march and now and more will possibly be coming and of course uh Whoa, ukraine, he's asking for more yeah they're asking for more and and ukraine is one of not one of the most corrupt it is the most corrupt country in the world so it is a laundry mat you know through which yeah. money is being recycled back to the pocket of american politicians uh and 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 that's going on mm. but at the same time american borders are completely open people are right. pouring in right in tens of thousands in this winter mm. and there is no check upon them right. this is the population replacement is taking place in america in canada in europe yeah. uh, and there is no money to defend the american borders or the canadian borders or the european borders but they're spending billions tens of billion of dollars they're pumping into ukraine to defend ukraine's border against whom against russia which was for the last almost 25 years saying you cannot push nato to the russian border so russia is protecting its border by being forced to go to this war 100% so so we have all of these other elements happening at the same time and 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 it gets to be a little bit overwhelming for people to to try to wrap their head around everything that's happening. And another thing that's an issue that, that came up about in 2022, especially 
in Saskatchewan, Manitoba, Alberta, is this idea, <coughs> this idea of of uh, restricting thirty percent fertilizer usage. You know, and again, it all leads back to the globalist agenda, the Paris Accord, reducing CO two targets. It's all relative to this to this whole sham, and that's what it is. And so, um, but again, it's another one of these things that that gets people to start paying attention because right away, all of a sudden, you have farmers across the board in the province that are, wait a minute, you're going to take out the single most important innovation that's helped us feed the world in in fertilizer, and you're going to reduce our usage by 30%, which doesn't just affect crop yields, it affects crop quality across the board by 30%. And so... In, in, in incredible consequences that will arise from that in the form of famine and starvation. But somehow, again, the media is able to sell the idea to, uh, you know, uh, who? People that are willing to accept uh, something that sounds good so they can go signal their virtue, I guess, at the cost of hundreds of millions of lives through famine and starvation, Salim. So here's an, another part of 2022 that we're hoping wakes up more people so they start paying attention to what's really happening. Yeah, I mean, these are all complementary. I mean, uh, yes. the, the, the COVID uh, scam uh, was part of the depopulation agenda more than anything else. Yes. Uh, it was not a vaccine. It was a messenger RNA. It was to tamper with our naturally given immune system and so on. And the result was all known because now we are getting the reports coming through and it's going to build in 2023 of the excess mortality rate. Insurance companies, uh, caretakers, hospitals, they're all coming up with numbers we don't know whether any one of us are going to be also in that statistics because we don't know uh people have been falling dead uh all of a sudden you know that's the excess mortality rate and it cannot be hidden uh ron DeSantis, governor of florida has asked the supreme court of florida to put together a special commission with subpoena to investigate all the big pharma yes. and their responsibility and everyone involved in it. Now, this uh, is going to be done within the jurisdiction of Florida, but it opens up the gate because they're going to be able to call Pfizer and Moderna and Johnson mm. & Johnson and all of them mm. to, you know, under subpoena and indictments if, if they don't come. Uh, criminal investigation to come and 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 uh, present the facts present the evidence you know and, 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 well go ahead. we we are not going to do that in canada but no. hopefully there is going to be some effect coming downstream yeah. to us yeah. uh, you know so what i was driving at so that's the depopulation population agenda is no longer hidden about the covid-19 business right. Right. so when that was phasing out, the war started, 
the whole spectrum sanction against you know Russia and, and what you're talking about you know uh, on the question of net zero emission to speed up that process uh, is is putting you know uh, constraints on the production of fertilizer whether it is in Europe in Germany and in, in Netherlands and now in Canada and and it is absolutely transparently clear that this is the depopulation agenda. hundred percent it is. And this is, so this is why, again, I say 2022 is going to be probably a very important year historically when we're looking back because there's all of these things stacking up. <clears throat> so you have the manufacturer of the of the virus. You have the, the mRNA jab that's killing people. You have... The reduction of CO2, which is going to end up killing a lot of people, hundreds of millions potentially. And then you have, of course, <coughs> um, euthanasia. has become a big issue around the country. Our federal government is creating coloring books for kids to do with MAID, um, assisted suicide pushing it at every turn, pushing it in terms of people just because they're poor. We're going to offer them made. And and so the government is now being, uh, is, is now the Grim Reaper, apparently. They're, the government's just going to start killing people. Um, all of it, the transgender movement, the LGBTQ supremacy, all of these things leads to depopulation. It's all tied to depopulation. and And people are now... I think not on mass, but in in a in a larger sense, ready to accept that yes, all roads lead to that. We can see it. We it's it's too obvious for 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 a lot of people to ignore. Not enough, but it's coming. Well, the people who are going to ignore it, they're part of the uh, that that crowd that has already been. Uh, bought over by the ideology that is now the dominant ideology, schooled in that ideology uh, and, and, and invested in that ideology right through, you know, that part of the society in which the hands of the government is fully involved in. So when yes. we're talking about universities, we're talking about hospitals, we're talking about uh, law enforcement agencies, we're talking about, of course, the media, it doesn't exist. It is what we should be saying is it is a Canadian Pravda. Uh, nobody, nobody in the former Soviet Union uh, ever paid attention to Pravda, you know. Um, <clears throat> so the Canadian media, the American media, the mainstream media are American Pravda, Canadian Pravda. And um, though people who follow the Canadian Pravda, CBC, C, uh, CTV, Global, uh, Global Mail, National Post, uh, they are not going to come along and support the people or stand with the people. Uh, because this is at the end of the day, I mean, uh, I have been mentioning this right from the beginning, that politics is downstream, culture is upstream. So at the end of the day, this is a culture war, yes. and there is a two culture uh, in Canada now. And the dominant culture is basically, 
a luciferian satanic demonic culture it is a culture that is at war with christianity yes. with religion yes. i mean this is no longer a question i mean here we are uh, in united states you saw it uh, yesterday night with Zelensky standing there or Zelensky addressing the parliament and our 338 members standing up and saluting him and calling him out as the great leader of a democracy. And this is the leader that is being up front, primed up by the WEF. I mean, he's a third rate actor, just as our prime minister is a third rate actor, both of them coming from an acting school. Um, uh, so he has been primed up by the WEF to wage the war against Christianity in Ukraine. That's why he's closing down the churches. He's banning the Orthodox Church of Ukraine and so on and so right. forth. Yeah. Well, nobody has to ban it over here in Canada, but the, uh, the culture is such that we have hollowed out our founding values. Yes. I mean, we saw in 2021, uh, churches that were open were shut down. They were fine in my neighborhood. You know, and I know, and we respect the pastor tremendously for his courage, for his dedication and so on. Pastor Henry Hildebrand, yes. his church was shut down and massive massive fine was levied upon his church you know we saw what happened in, in in alberta we saw how the government behaved and it was a conservative government jason kenny the premier conservative in name only mm. yeah with with pastor Polowski, you know he was arrested he was humiliated he was taken to prison you know uh, and of course fined over and over and over again uh so we are, that is, the, the mainstream culture of Canada, the dominant mainstream culture of Canada, is at war with people who hold their religion yes. uh, strongly and are committed to it, you know. So, and, and that's the same thing in America and same thing in Europe. So the West today has become godless, pagan, and the culture that they're celebrating in the West is this culture of Sodom and Gomorrah. Yes. And then you're making war upon Which, a country, mm. in this case, uh, Russia, that after almost 100 years of godlessness, atheism, totalitarianism, gulag, despotism, tyranny, murder, and so on and so forth, they liberate themselves. It was the greatest revolution possibly in history that the people of former Soviet Union brought down the communist power, yes. brought down Soviet Union, and brought it down peacefully. It was not like the revolution in France, the French Revolution, guillotines and murders. It was a bloodless revolution, and Russia has returned to its historic roots. The, the, the Orthodox Church of Russia has been reestablished in Moscow. The Patriarchate has reestablished in Moscow. And Putin is openly a Christian. He converted to Christianity. He was, by the way, I mean, I have read his several biographies of Putin by now. As a, as a baby, 
his mother secretly baptized him in uh, the church you know so he he was baptized as, as as an infant but again in secrecy underground some is that i mean those were the commonest days you know yep. um and now openly putin is a man of the church right you know and he's defending historic russia which and is why so, he's an enemy now this is this is a tremendous inversion that has taken place you know um <clears throat> mark just one one more point i want to make here in this particular part yep. you know for the last 50 years that is since the end of the second world war 1945 and when uh, winston churchill said the iron curtain has come down till the breakdown of the berlin wall and then eventually the collapse of the soviet union almost 50 years the russian people and people inside the soviet union and the warsaw pact countries they listened to radio free europe Mm. Radio Free Europe was the radio that was funded by America yeah. uh and it was supposed to be the language of freedom and democracy. So Radio Free Europe was beaming the stories of the West to the people of the Soviet Union and the communist power was desperately trying to shut off that transmission and make it illegal. and punishable if the people were caught listening to radio fewer europe right. now is just the opposite our media is now the pravda it is nothing but lies 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 yep. and our government american canadian british and other governments are shutting down any transmission out of russia so that we can get the other side of the story right 100% this is the state in which we have arrived yeah. yes it is and and so <clears throat> i just want to i want to move a little bit in, into the bigger picture because i we've said on this platform numerous times that they used covid as a social engineering conditioning mechanism for the masses <clears throat> and and all of what we said is now coming true because now as we move into the to the end of 2022 we're hearing more and more of climate lockdowns coming people restricted to only driving in 15 minute communities where if you're caught leaving your community you're going to pay a fine if you do it more than x amount of times in a year you're going to be fined um and and so we're seeing them move in the direction that we said they used covid to condition us for and and so here we go it's it's happening in real time and and again salim i i still i still hang on to the hope that because of all of the insanity that they're going to be coming at us with more and more people are going to be forced to pay attention they're going to be forced to acknowledge and recognize what's actually happening when they tell us in their in their literature in the sustainable development agenda at the world economic forum they tell us what their plans are we message to the people what their plans are and the people don't believe us sooner or later the people are going to have to start believing us sooner or later 
there's going to be a, a mass awakening. I, I, I can only hope that that's where that that's where we're headed. It doesn't mean we're not going to have a lot of pain between now and then. We are, but well, uh, Mark, uh, we know that half the people, if not more than half the people, suffer from Stockholm syndrome. Yeah, yeah, right. They 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 will not believe what you are saying, what I'm saying, what you know, the facts are because. As a person suffering from Stockholm syndrome, will follow the voices and the opinions and the messages of their torturers, yes. of the people who are beating them up. You know, so that's it. It is the other half, and the question is how soon, how quickly, the other half does i mean somebody was writing a message over here and i saw the message on the comment section that more people are attending church in 2021 and and i really pray and i hope that that is true yes but the ultimate message i mean if you're simply attending church uh, and hoping god will somehow come and save you god has already spoken and said take the beam out of your eyes Take a look around, right? you know, uh, and, and, and taking the beam out of your eyes is awakening and then doing what is right. Well, and, and so and so part of part of the solution. And I think, again, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. <clears throat> the antidote to globalism, the antidote to the globalist agenda is local. It's community. It's church. It's it's the people coming together and exchanging information, and and educating your community and educating the people around you, because only through that are we ever going to be able to amass enough people to to stop this insanity. It, it's it's the only way. Hundred percent. Because when you what what you're saying is when it, when a, a a candle is lit locally that is at each home or with each person that that light of that candle in the darkness spreads and then other people light it so the objective is ultimately the freedom of canada and canadians but it can, it will not come from ottawa it will come from our towns and villages and individual families as each one of them light the candle you know, of, of freedom, of love, of faith, of respect. I mean, as PPC, you and I, this is the values that we want the people to remember. We, the values of the people's value. That is freedom based on individual right, responsibility and accountability, respect for each other, and fairness in our action yeah. well all of these values freedom uh, responsibility respect and fairness are basically our religious values for a christian these are the values from your gospel from your new testament and it is not simply hanging a cross around your neck it is living that life 
Yes. You know, it is opening your eyes and, and so on. So the evidence today, so if you take the beam out of your eye, you can see the evidence. I mean, I would refer the people to, and you know, when we come back in January, we can present the documentation on, on, our, on your platform. That just before the COVID pandemonium was called, Mm. Whether this was a coincidence or whether this was by design, we will leave that for the debate. But the, but, but the timeline, the date, Klaus Schwab and um, the UN Secretary General Guterres mm -hmm. met in New York at the UN yes. in, in uh, 2019. Right. And Guterres and Schwab they sign June of 2019. Yeah, yeah agenda UN 2030 to accelerate the agenda uh, to to the, to the target date. Right. Again, this is not a question of conspiracy. I mean, that is a cheapening of the word. Yes, there is conspiracy, and yes, the people who are conspiring are the government, yes. not the 100%, people. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. So these are all all facts. Yes, there is a conspiracy. Guterres and Klaus signed that deal. And after that deal was signed, then uh, the uh, uh, Canadian Prime Minister was part of it because they went on signing all the other deals. They signed the Compact on Global Migration, for instance, example. So again, and these are all on the UN Agenda 2030. 100%. All of it. And, all and, and, and all they've admitted it, and and not only Trudeau, but but other globalists have said the same thing. And and, and Trudeau said they they're using COVID to achieve the goals of sustainable development. He said it; those were his words. Then his deputy prime minister, uh, head of our <coughs> finance in this country, Freeland, also echoed the same words. Well, and, she's, uh, she's on the she's on the board of the WEF. Of course. How, how of course is it, how is it that nobody? has been challenging her from day one. How can a member of parliament, a, a, a finance minister and a deputy prime minister be sitting in Ottawa while at the same time she's sitting on the right. board of directors right. that World Economic Forum? And your royal opposition finance critic, Pierre Polivare, didn't say a word. Not a word. Uh, say a word. <laughs> Not no. a word. But he stands against the World Economic Forum because it's convenient but he won't stand against the UN Sustainable Development Agenda because if he does say anything about it, then all of a sudden the focus comes right onto them because they're responsible for it. All of them, yeah, all of them. Jagmeet Singh saying, yeah. uh, Elizabeth May, of course, you know, she's a Green Party, the <laughs> party of the World Economic Forum. So uh, the, the, the people who are not suffering from Stockholm Syndrome are the people who have to wake up and say, Yes. It's long past the expiry date mm. that we are voting for and supporting anyone that is in any way connected with, supportive of, mm. or silent ab about World Economic Forum and the UN Agenda 2030. 100%. This Absolutely. is the dividing line. It is. Of our it's everything. Generation. It's everything. It's, it's, it's everything. It, it, it's that's it. It's the crux of, of, of everything. <clears throat> and I'm confident and I, I still, like I say, I, I have hope that that so much of what they want to achieve is so insane and the consequences are so grave that at some point there will be a, a turning point. There will be a, a flip. 
And and it's just as frustrating as it is to be sitting where we are and watching them do what they're doing. It's going to take some time before the rest of the population wraps their head around what's happening. It's not going to be 100%. It'll be some percentage above 50. And and at that point, then we can we can start taking care of business. But it will happen. It's just a matter of when. Uh, so, it could uh, happen. In, it could happen in the next federal election if if no. uh, uh, enough people are awoken. Well, and this is why, Salim. I keep telling people and, and people that listen to you know our my my videos and I keep listen. Force your MLAs, force your MPs to address this. This is everything. The Sustainable Development Agenda, Agenda 2030, the SDGs, is everything. It's responsible for all of the insanity. Force them to address it. Force your representatives to comment on it. They can't just dismiss it because they don't know what it is. Hogwash. They all know what it is. Yeah, we have to force these people to answer the questions and ask yep. the right questions. 100%. I mean, we just, somebody mentioned Daniel Smith, and I'll touch on that for a second too, because that's an important story for 2022. <coughs> so <clears throat> I've been saying for a number of months now since she was elected that we have to remain skeptical and we have to keep putting pressure on Danielle Smith and the UCP. From, a, from the freedom movement perspective, we have to force her and continuing to pressure her to do the right thing. But an interesting thing about Danielle that I've said this numerous times as well, she used to always talk about the UN Sustainable Development Agenda on her, her radio broadcast. Since being elected, she hasn't mentioned it once. Not once. And then two days ago, the Rebel just released a story regarding Daniel Smith and the UCP, how they're now committed to raising uh, carbon pricing and the carbon tax for big emitters and how big emitters are going to be hit, which only means and only ever translates to inflation and to the consumer who will end up paying more. So it is a carbon tax. Whether you call it carbon pricing or a carbon tax, it doesn't matter. She's on board. Of course she's on board because she's carrying water for the Conservative Party of Canada. Well, she is conservative. UCP is a conservative party. Yes. Yes. And, and it's just so obvious and so many people have had... I've been, I've been arguing for months with people... Oh, you got to give her a chance, give her a chance. No, don't give her a chance. Don't give her a chance at all. Keep the pressure on. Force her to do what's right. Acknowledge the fact that she hasn't mentioned the sustainable development agenda, not once since being elected, because she's carrying the water for the conservatives. It's it's all very obvious. So, you know, here we are. And, and now, uh, you know, since two days ago, now I'm getting people messaging saying, yeah, you were right all along. I said, I know I was right all along. I'm trying to tell you this. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, Danielle Smith, um, uh, I've spoken to her. She has interviewed me on a number of occasions. I've met her. Uh, and she might be, a, as a person, a, a nice person, a wonderful person. I have no reason, you know, to question that. As, a, you know, as I say, I've met her. She's a lady. But she's sitting as the premier of Alberta in the United Conservative Party. Yes. How much more do the people want to be uh, 
saw the Brooklyn Bridge, you know, how much do the people want to be a sucker? So that's up to the people. In Alberta, unlike in Ontario where I am, in Alberta, there is a clear, clear 180 degree opposite to everything that the globalist parties of Canada stand for, whether it is UCP, whether it is uh, 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 NDP and so on, liberals, and that is the party that has been founded and now has a leader with a man of immense credential and credibility and, and honesty and charisma that is Arthur Pulaski and the Independence Party of Alberta. It is clear. Yes. And and their agenda is transparent and clear. And they've said what they're going to do. So if Albertans want to remain stuck up with their Stockholm syndrome, they will keep on voting for Daniel Smith. But hopefully there will be enough Albertans that have seen the world, gotten the message, understood what is happening. This is not simply a Canadian issue. This is not simply an Alberta. We are but in is, a world conflict. But this is what's so frustrating, Salim, is, you know, so, and I see this a lot in, in, in people's comments on social media, that because we've identified Danielle Smith, and she's now proved me right, uh, we've identified the CPC, All it, it always seems to then, they, people want to default to, well, there's nothing left, I'm just going to swallow my black pill, and well, let's go into a revolution. And, and, and it, but nobody sees, okay, we have options. We have federally, we have the PPC. Provincially in Saskatchewan, we have the Buffalo Party. Provincially in Alberta, we have the Independence Party. Led by people that believe in our values. And they've shown that and they've proven it to everyone. But yet, people just want to skip over the obvious and go to like some sort of revolution or black pill and not vote anymore and just completely check out. When in actual fact, what people need to do is check back in because for decades, people have checked out of politics because it's turned them off. That's not how you win. You have to re-engage. You have to reassert yourself. You have to stand for your values and demand that out of your elected representatives. And if they're not, fire them and put somebody else in that does. That's the only way. And and people uh, in rest of Canada, that is English Canada, those who are frustrated, and particularly in Western Canada, the the, the frustration is the greatest, the alienation is the greatest. They all complain all the time about Quebec. But what is the lesson of Quebec? Right. The lesson of Quebec for Canada is that the Quebec people, they have elected a separatist party, an alternative party to the liberals, to the conservatives, provincially, and they have sent a strong delegation of a separatist movement to Ottawa. And what is the result? The result is Ottawa keeps on make, making itself a pretzel to meet the demands of Quebec. Yes. You know? 
yes. whether on, on, on any issue. In well, fact, Quebec de facto is now an autonomous country. Well, Salim, it's they've an shown us, country. They've shown us that in actual fact, and this is what I always say when I'm in, in Saskatchewan and, and on the stump, <laughs> in actual fact, we don't have to move to full separation, but just the, the leverage of having enough support behind you that you can go to the negotiating table in Ottawa and say, I got 60% support in my back pocket for us to leave. We either get a fair deal or we're gone. And the, 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 the negotiating power and leverage that you would have with that scenario, it obviously has been proven. We've seen it in Quebec. Yeah. That's, that's what we need. Not necessary. We don't have to be the full-on separatist, but we need the support for something to change, and we need that leverage, and and that's how we win as as a province, say in Saskatchewan and Alberta, and that's how I think we fix this confederation Absolutely. that's falling apart, that's disintegrating. I mean, the Independence Party of Alberta is parallel to Parti Québécois in Quebec. Yes. Yes. You know. There may be historical differences, there may be demographic differences, and and differences in terms of the interprovincial culture, given what Alberta's resource-based economy and Quebec is a hand-down economy, yes. you know, it is living off the equalization payment and so right. on and so forth. Right. But because of the nature of Quebec's politics, Ottawa has been bending backwards. Not only bending backwards, this asking uh, Quebec City, asking Quebec, what more do you want that I can give you? And so there it was, I mean, with, with uh, Stephen Harper, uh, Maroney's biggest agenda, the Meech Lake Accord, was defeated not by the premiers, or by the people in Ottawa. It was defeated by one voice, one single person in the Manitoba legislature, a First Nation, Elijah Harper. Okay, so what does Stephen Harper do when he becomes a prime minister in a minority government? Trying to win the vote in Quebec, he bends backward and, and pushes a motion through the to the parliament to the house of commons that quebec is a nation within the federation right. so quebec is a nation now right thanks to stephen harper okay if 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 that was the the sign of respect to the quebec people that you are a nation and we respect you what is missing in alberta or in saskatchewan that the people cannot stand up and say, we also need the same so, respect and we are going to elect Buffalo Party and we are going to elect Independence Party. Right. We don't care anymore for the Conservatives, well, so, the Liberal and the NDP. So there's another dynamic here that we have to add to this soup. And that is, of course, as you mentioned, the First Nations. Because now when Saskatchewan comes forward with the Saskatchewan Act, Saskatchewan First Act, and Alberta comes to the table with the Sovereignty Act, we now in Saskatchewan have the First Nations chiefs, not the people, but the chiefs, threatening blockades because of Saskatchewan First Act, because they see that as a threat to their cash cow, the federal government, right? And so so that's another dynamic and another thing that we have to deal with here in the West. And, and you know, but ultimately, our chiefs, 
are so corrupt, just like the rest of the establishment, that it never gets to the people. It's always the people that are sacrificed, just as they are the First Nations people are sacrificed through this arrangement with the federal government and the chiefs, because the whole thing is corrupt. So, so here we are. But I, I'm hoping that through enough pressure from the people that Scott Moe will remain strong and, and carry on <coughs> pushing through this Saskatchewan First Act. That, that's so well, all of this element, the one that you just pointed out, I mean, that is the UN drip, which is part of the UN agenda yeah. 20, 2030, yeah. and yeah. domestically, the handouts that are given to the chiefs by Ottawa, 100%. these are all part of the structure yes. to keep the Canadian people down yes. and keep the elite in power. 100%. You see, and, 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 and keeping the people down for the first time in a long time, it is now clear that the Western democracies have been waging war against their own people. Yes. This is a war of impoverishment. This is a war of bringing down the standard of living. This is a war against the people's faith tradition that is gutting the religion, gutting the churches. Mm. And, and the people are still taking it. Yes. That is the Stockholm Syndrome. Mm. They're still taking yes. it. So all, all we can do, and this is what you're doing, Mark, so, so, so passionately you have been engaged in this, is to be that alternative voice of freedom and the alternative voice of faith yes. and the voice you know, to which we are dedicated respect and fairness and 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 let the people decide because we can't yes. do anything more than this no you're absolutely right and that's uh, that's it that's the long and the short of it so salim i want you to, uh, we're let i think we need to probably end the live stream tonight it's an hour and a half a little over yeah, yeah. um but i just want you i want to give you an opportunity to um you know give your christmas message to to everybody that watches our uh, our stream yeah, yeah, thank you. I mean, I, I want to wish each and every one, you know, from the bottom of my heart, so to speak, uh, a Merry Christmas. And that truly, truly, in your home, in your hearts, among your family, there will be warmth, there will be love, there will be tenderness, there will be affection, there will be forgiving, and that a new year you will begin liberated from all the lies and the shenanigans and, yes. and the untruths that yes. you have been fed over the years and years and, and emerge renewed, renewed by God, renewed by the love of the country, renewed by the love within your family to stand up and do what we are all trying to do to take our country back. Yes, 100%. Very well said. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. So, And, and to you, have a Merry Christmas and, and I hope you're... Uh, your Christmas week is is uh, with family, and, and yes. that's it, and and just dedicated to the family. Yes, yes, I cannot express to you uh, how much Jesus means to me. I love the man, the Son of Man. He is my in my heart all the times. God bless you, Mark. Yes, I pray for your health and and your family, your wife, and everybody around you. And uh, look forward to getting together again when, yes. when you're back and when I'm back. Early into the new year, we'll make it happen. Thank you, Salim. God bless and Merry Christmas. Yes, same to you.
Thank you. All right, my friend. Bye. Good night. Good night, my brother. Yeah. All right, another round with our good friend and national treasure, Salim Mansour. Um, yeah, so, uh, you know, my Christmas message again to everybody that follows and listens. Uh, I greatly appreciate it. Thanks for another phenomenal year. Um, it's been a crazy year. Um, but uh, as, as I, it's been a year of recovery for me. Um, I, I'm still not all the way there, but I'm, I'm, it's getting better. Uh, I'm able to do, it seems, a lot more with <clears throat> with my lungs. My lungs seems to be getting more uh, lung capacity. So that's all good. That's positive, moving in the right direction. Um, but, you know, the love of my life, my country, uh, is, on a, is in a pretty serious pickle. Um, so I'm going to carry on doing what I do. And it's just a calling for me. It's just, it's, it's a sense of duty um, to my fellow Canadians based on all of the sacrifice that so many before me, the ultimate sacrifice, uh, gave so I could live free. And I did. And uh, we're, we're getting dangerously close to losing that freedom and the way of life that, that I was accustomed to. And I don't want to lose that. I don't want my kids growing up in a country that's, that's uh, under tyranny. I don't want my grandkids growing up in that. So I just, it is what it is. We'll do what we do and uh, we'll carry on until we win. And we will win. So, yeah, uh, other than that, Merry Christmas to each and every one of you. Uh, I hope you guys all have a, a wonderful Christmas with family and friends and and uh, your your circle, your, your close circle. Um, and um, yeah, and and here's to uh, an outstanding 2023. <laughs> I think I think we're moving in the right direction. I think we're gonna start uh, we're gonna start seeing more and more people uh, awakening to what's going on. But uh, anyways, uh, love each and every one of you. Merry Christmas, and uh, we'll see you early into the new year. Uh, ciao for now.